Okay, today we're doing the kind of the wrap up on um, Interpower the last few weeks, wrap up and forward. Okay, uh, so let's have some fun with this. This is all a bit about interstate. So I like to start with think about a day where you were on fire and you could do no wrong. You know, even when you screwed up, it turned out right. Those days, we've all had those days, right? So you were even in a challenging situation, you were just hitting it, right? And then you could think of a day where you could do no right. Even in an easy, you screwed up easy things, right? We all had those. So what's the difference, right? So why are, why are this? It all has to do with your internal state because you're the same person. You didn't really change between day one on fire, day two uh, frozen. And it could be the interstates you were in uh, at the time. And so when you think about things that you want, the things you're trying to accomplish, the things you want in your life, one way to look at them is what if they were actually states, if you will, you know, like love, respect, confidence, success, and happiness. Even some of the uh, physical things that we say we want, why do we want those, right? Maybe they'll make you feel more confident, more successful. They'll bring you some kind of happiness. I want a, a new sports car, right? Why? I like driving them. Make me happy. It, it, it's so it's that feedback loop of the interstate, you know, it, it, and that's what we're going after. And it's really as within, so without, right? Your internal state controls your internal representation, which controls your external behavior. And at the same time, your external behavior can affect your internal state and your internal representations. So each one of these, you make your change in any one of these, the others may change, right? But we're not really taught that growing up. It's just, you know, change your state, change, especially as a change how you're seeing things, which is the internal representation. These are the things we've been talking about the last few weeks, right? And because if you can control your inner state or your inner representations, if you will, you control all aspects of your life and and you're in a better place because you're not at the whim of people places and things right those other things can be happening but if you've got a good internal state and that's what happens when you're on fire and you're in that good place uh it affects your physiology and then even if you get bad news you can handle it good things happen things like that right so um and because your experiences are filtered through your internal representation, your internal state. And so, you know, we're always creating this feedback loop. And then we talked about, and it kind of ties into this, which is the hot body, right? The hierarchy of thought. We have the, our, we're always bouncing between these levels of thought. And, and level one is you're in the experience. And when you're in an experience, you can't do anything else. You're just there, you know, whether you're hungry or angry or whatever it is, it'll affect everything, right? But you're in the moment, you're, you're there. Level two is you're thinking about it. You know, you have the thought you're angry, you have the thought you're hungry. It's what we do a lot with weight loss, right? We pull people out. Are you really hungry? Or are you pissed at your husband or your kids or your, what, or the situation? A lot of that's going on right now, right? So this, this is where you think about what it is maybe you're feeling. So you pull back, right? And it's a basic 
a lot of your basic NLP techniques, hypnosis techniques, and therapy techniques pull its anal its anal its analyt its uh, psychoanalytic stuff where you pull out and you're thinking about it. And then we have the third level, which is you're you're thinking the thought. You know, I'm thinking the thought I'm angry. Am I really angry or am I maybe I'm upset? And then, you know, yeah, maybe I thought I was hungry, but really I'm angry. But am I angry? No, maybe I'm upset. So you keep disassociating up, right? And any one of these is, they're just how we think, you know, it depends where you are. And we all know friends and family that they're only at one level. They're always in the experience. Of course, when you're a little kid, you're always in the experience. But, you know, they can't get out of it, right? And then we have people that think too much. They're always thinking about thinking, am I feeling this? Am I feeling that? Da, 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 da. They can never just let go and enjoy anything. Right? They have to analyze everything. And then there's the super disassociated. They're always like, hmm, you know, and they want to analyze everything, right? You get an analysis, a paralysis by analysis at the highest level. And people get stuck in the action level. You get stuck in your the behaviors that you're doing, right? Or you get stuck in the level two where it's hesitation. You're overthinking, no motivation to take any kind of action. You get stuck in level three in the analysis. You're thinking about thinking about it, right? And so this is cognitive dissonance. This is the critical factors of the mind, all these things, you know. Uh, but when you're stuck anywhere, especially in the top two levels, you know, of thinking about it or thinking about thinking about it, take some kind of action. Or if you're stuck in an action, take a different action. And it'll, it may jumpstart you in another direction, right? Then we talked about beliefs for your inner power, right? And the first thing you have to do is let go of judgment of yourself and from others. I'm convinced, I've been saying a lot, I don't think there's a fear of failure or fear of success. I think it all boils down to, for most people, fear of being judged, right? Even your success, I'll be judged for my success. Do I want that? You know, if you're if you're hanging around with a bunch of people that aren't successful and you start getting successful, maybe they'll judge me for it, right? So you have to let go of that judgment, which is easier said than done, but it can be done, right? Uh, and one way is to begin to think about in truly successful people seem to have, and they didn't go to a class on it, they just kind of have this, that there's no failure, only feedback. Every action produces a result, then you take the next action, the next action. Uh, I was, I think it was Elon Musk, I was hearing talk, and he talked about that. You know, when they were launching PayPal, and I forget the other thing he did, and then of course Tesla Auto, and SpaceX, and all the crap he's involved in. But he, he would say, well, a lot of things didn't work the way I wanted. But we learned and then we took more action, right? And they said that's one of the reasons he goes, when he let when he released all the patents for the that he that Tesla Auto was having for the new electric, all the shit they were doing with the Tesla. They didn't protect the patents. They opened them up to anybody that wanted it. And people were judging him. He goes, Yeah, but you know, when I released it, suddenly General Motors, Ford, Chrysler, uh, Mercedes, Audi, they took what he did and improved on it. Right. And and so and then he could and they say, yeah, but maybe they didn't release the patents. He goes, but you can always back engineer anything, for God's sakes. Right. 
but he didn't think, you know, people were saying it was a failure. He goes, no, I wanted more feedback, right? And so it was just kind of interesting that successful people have that, right? Uh, I always think of people I know in the, the performing arts field, they'll take a risk. They'll do a role, they'll sing a song, they'll do something that might not work. And the really successful ones go, so it didn't work. You know, maybe I, I shouldn't do that, you know? Um, whatever it happens to be. There's no failure, there's feedback. And you don't have to know something in order to use it. A lot of us now think we have to know something in order to use it. So when you get techniques and technology to help people change or help yourself change, you can just, you can just do that. You don't have to know technically all the little aspects of it. Uh, as our, let me do my thing. As our dear friend, Tony Robbins would say, you can pick the fruit or study the roots. Now, a lot of people in my groups, they like to study the roots and do that. But sometimes just pick the fruit. It's there. You can do the change. You can do some stuff, right? And commitment is key Is key to mastery, right? Uh, consistent action will, will beat everything if you keep going forward, right? And one of the things I think we have to do for this is to find joy in the process. Enjoy what you're doing right now, even if that's not your end goal. But if you enjoy what you're doing right now, it can get you to where you want to go. Right? Uh, maybe. You never know. You know. But then you can get to what you want to do. And the big one, I think, is you can't judge your start by someone else's finish. You know, if you took a, if you got into an, if you're not into acting and you got into an acting class and it's a big class with a lot of people. And if you had some really polished actors and you're just starting out, if you're beating yourself up because I can't do that, well, shit, they've been doing it for 5, 10, 20 years, right? And yet we see people do that. You know, they want to do what people do after 10 or 20 years of experience, right? So don't judge your start by their finish. And your inner power is based on your self-image. You rise and fall to the level of your self-image. Your health, your wealth, your physical fitness, your relationships, right? Whatever it is you want, what's your self-image when it comes to this, okay? And so what do you need to change? You know, it, it all boils down to, as Neville Goddard said, there's nothing to change but self. Right? When you change yourself, everything starts to change around you. Sometimes you change and you get kicked out of the group you happen to be in because you don't fit it anymore. You know, I always default to the addiction world. You may say or think, I still want to hang around with my old friends, you know, the, the guys at the bar, the girls in the wine club, but then you really quit drinking. They don't want you there anymore. Yeah, it's like, you might get kicked out through no fault of your own, right? And as so you have to figure out what you need to change and then make those changes. So what or who sells your self-image, right? It's formed when you're quite young. We all know that, right? Hopefully you had a good people around you helping you form a good self-image. Some of us weren't that lucky, uh, but whatever it is. But basically as an adult, one of the things that happens is you default to the people you hang out with the most, right? As Jim Rohn talks about, the, 
metaphor of income average. You know, if you take the five people you hang around with, kind of know the income, you're probably in that group, right? Uh, and but even that, you know, uh, I would say look at it like a um, statistician would, which you might have a group of people you hang out with throughout the high, throughout the low, and then average. It's probably even more because what if there's one person in a little group that might throw it off? But you never know. It's it's worth, but it's true, especially things like in shape. People that are in shape hang around with people that are in shape, right? People that are rich hang around with rich people through default, through purpose, through whatever, right? But a big one is people that are happy hang around with people that are happy, right? So we also know that, excuse me, neoplasticity in our self-image. Our brains develop without self-image. It's developed through, a lot of it is how we perceive others see us. Most of us don't realize that every person sees us differently. It depends on the group you happen to be with, right? Uh, what's that old saying? You can't be a hero in your own hometown because they see you like whoever you were before. And if you change, right, we, we think that. But everybody sees us different. But this goes back. It's very deep. It's almost, some would argue, in your DNA because it's all about survival, it's tribal survival. You know, because if you get thrown out of the tribe, the group, the, 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 the village, whatever it happens to be, the family, you're going to die. For most of millennia, if you aren't part of that group, you die, right? Much as we like to talk about the lone wolves and the Jeremiah Johnson types, it, it, yeah, no, it doesn't work that way, right? And really what begins to happen, we see ourselves in those around us at the subconscious level. So again, if you're hanging around people that are fit and in shape, trying to make money, motivated, that it's gonna it's gonna settle in. Or you just can't hang around that group because it, it you just can't keep keep that level up. You know, but sometimes we get a warped image of who we are, right? And then we we de develop associations with people, places, and things that supports that self-image. And again, go back to the law of averages. So pick people who support you. As our dear friend, Miss Carol East would say, get a buddy board. And the good thing we have going on now is with the internet and with all the information at our fingertips, you can have a whole group you choose that this is my group. You have your family, you might have people you have to hang out with right now. But what if my true group is, and you pick Deepak Chopra and Tony Robbins and Brandon Bouchard, I can't think of any other motivational types, right? But if that's your group in your head, it's going to be much more motivated, right? And now also, too, look at all the groups you can join online, all the classes, all this, you can get a different group, right? Um, and I always say, go where you're celebrated, not where you're tolerated, and never go where you're berated. Make that unacceptable. Just... So you go where you're celebrated, not where you're tolerated. And uh, make that your mantra. So you need to take charge of your self-image because it kind of sets your landscape. Right? right? But what begins to happen, you ignore evidence to the contrary of your self-image. You'll say, that's not like me. Right? 
and that could be a good thing or a bad thing, but this is just how we do. So if you're, if you think you're a super successful person and there's a setback, you think that's not like me, it's a one-off, don't worry about it, and you'll learn from it and go forward. But on the flip side, if you think you're not a successful person and you have a success, although that's not like me, you know, um, then you say things like Murphy's Law, anything that can go wrong will go wrong and things like that, right? And then what begins to happen, whatever your self-image, your landscape, you search for things that back it up, right? And I think what would happen, so let's say you're a speaker, and if you have the image of a good self-speaker, and you're in front of 100 people, if five people are frowning, you won't notice them. You'll notice the five people that are smiling, right? It resets your reticular activating system. So you want to begin to... Be make this conscious because we're not taught this stuff when we're growing up unfortunately and then our thoughts and feelings right one of the things we have to begin to think about is you know if we went backward you know um that you need to change a lot of these things because thoughts are the language of the mind you think all these analytical thoughts but feelings are the language of the body as again, Neville Goddard says, feelings are the secret. You have to change your feelings about things, right? You can change your thoughts. You can say, yes, I really want to be rich, but deep down you got the gut level thinking, rich people are scum, okay? You're going to get that, that. So it's, you need to align those, you know, but how you think and how you feel creates your life, right? Your thoughts create or recall your feelings. Again, if you're in a negative chain of thought, you're going to keep thinking about every time you screwed up. If you're more positive, you're going to think about every time you had success. But what begins to happen, your feelings set your mood. We all know people, you know, you wake up in a good, you're feeling good. Today, nothing hurts, so you feel good. So your mood's better. Your feelings set your mood. And if you maintain this long enough, your mood sets your temperament. They're a positive person. They're a negative person. They're a happy person. They're a sad person. We all know that. that's their temperament. And if you keep your, now your temperament can change by situations, by your mood. I mean, that's just being human, right? Your feeling. Uh, but if you keep it long enough, your temperament sets your personality. And then, then you just, you're either, a, that's just who you are. Are you a positive person? Are you a negative person? Are you angry or are you not angry? We all know people, they're just pissed off. Right? They're just pissed off and negative. They win the lotto. Well, God damn it. Now I got to pay the tax. I mean, we, it, it, uh, people like that, right? Uh, so your personality sets temperament, sets your mood, and it goes backwards. So if you're a positive personality, you'll, that'll help your temperament. You'll go, that, I don't want to be angry. I don't want to be depressed. And that'll help set your mood, right? So these, again, it's well, all these things going in and out, and one thing affects the other. So you have to decide what kind of personality do you want. And if you're really trying to change your life, what type of personality could accomplish that goal? Because we want to learn to ride the wave. You know, thoughts are the electrical charge in your brain, in the vortex, if you will. But there's some thing, thinking that the feelings in your body is almost like a magnetic charge. And when they're clashing, when the electrical charge and magnetic charge clash, 
you stop. You're never going to get better. It's why people, they can read the secret. They can meditate. They can get hypnotized. They can do There's a, their body, we talk about being aligned and then riding the wave, right? So if you align your thoughts, the electrical charge with the magnetic charge, your thoughts and feelings are aligned. That's when it seems like it draws the experiences to you. So you dream of a better life, right? Whatever that is, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, financially, sexually, whatever it is you want, right? What temperament do you need for this to happen? What temperament would be supportive of it? What type of friends do you need around you? If you can't find them in the real world right now, what about in your with the internet, with your buddy board, with your uh, vision board? What kind of people are you going to be hanging around with? What type of personality changes are needed? Right? And it, up until this point, it wasn't your fault, right? Because no one tells us this. Right? No one tells us how to self, set our self-image and our personality and our mood and all of that, right? Because there is a conspiracy, not to be a conspiracy theorist, but I am. There's a conspiracy to keep you unhappy because unhappy people spend money. And we are a consumer-driven society, and it's all about buying, you know, they're trying to sell us something. You know, you're not happy because you don't have the right, your teeth aren't white enough. You're not wearing the right clothes. You don't go to the right school. So they're constantly trying to get you to spend money. And when you're really happy and content, you don't spend that much money. Right? And I'm like you. I've been there. So we want to defeat those people that are trying to stop us. So an image to represent the new you. So if you're trying to create a new image, it might be a huge shift. It might be a subtle shift. But you need a, an image in your mind, physical mental, emotional, financial. So you get an image in your mind that like, this is how I'm going to be, right? So it might be looking the way you want to look, leaning on a car, standing at your new house, whatever it is, right? And then you want to practice as we did earlier in this, practice doing a new behavior generator daily of that's the person <clears> I am, <throat> right? And see it, hear it, feel it, smell it, taste it, touch it, know that this is becoming true right and then we can do the flip where you find things that used to be true but now it's not so you put the old personality in like i used to live in indiana now i don't so that's not who i am anymore in my case i can easily say i used to drink now i don't i used to smoke cigars now i don't it's back there it's 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 true i did drink i never deny it i don't want to act like i didn't but it's not true for me now then i can look at things that are true for me now right and place those old things and the no longer true place the new things and this is true for me now i'm a happy positive person i hang around with rich people i deserve to be rich whatever it is right and it you imagine this new you going into every part of your brain and if you're still stuck for most people walking through that little process it takes a little longer than what we just did but you know if you did those things it creates a deep shift, right? For a lot of people, it's going to start, you know? That's what really happens at like a lot of the big seminars, whether it's a Tony Robbins, a Brandon Burchard, even an NLP training. A lot of people come in and their entire life is rocked. 
shift, right? Boom, totally. They're never the same again. But what if you're still stuck, right? You get little shifts. You get like, you might take a few steps and then flip back. Well, I would say it boils down to some kind of trauma that you experience that's stuck in you. And at the deepest level, many people are experiencing the crime of being or the crime of existence. And if you have the crime of being or the crime, if you feel guilty for being alive at some deep level, you're going to punish yourself. Right? And it could be based in trauma, it could be based in a lot of things, right? Because trauma sets in the nervous system and there's more and more information coming out about that, right? And if it's in the nervous system, it'll block simple changes because it's like hitting a brick wall. In the old hypnosis world, they call it hitting the critical factors, right? Psychology call it hitting the defense mechanisms. You know, I can't be happy. I don't deserve to be happy because I shouldn't be alive. I was a burden on my parents. Right? And so then you get that cognitive dissonance where you're thinking I should do this, but this is in your neurology. This is in the actual nervous system. And so it'll bounce off. Usually it happens in early childhood or adolescence. So it could happen in adulthood, you know, but usually... It, it happens in early childhood. Sometimes it can happen in, in, in adulthood. The one I think of is uh, survivor's guilt. You know, if you're in a group and the whole squad got killed, but me and one other guy, you might, why, why me? I shouldn't even be here, right? And that's the crime of being, right? Sometimes it happens in early childhood. Uh, what about your, your, your mom was pregnant with you, so you're in the, the womb, you don't speak, you don't have language, but you do process feelings, right? They already, they kind of know that now, right? And what if there's a terror of having the baby? Can we afford it? What's going on? You know, is there that guilt going on, you know? I mean, we'd like, I always say, we'd like to think it's a Hallmark movie that when the, when the bride tells the husband, oh, we're pregnant, oh, Greg, they throw flowers and, and rose. But what if the first response is, what the fuck? How did this happen? We can't afford this right now. I thought we were going to wait. Right? So what if that gets encoded into the, basically the DNA of the fetus? Um, it can create, it'll create deep self-sabotage. That's, that's why you see people, they'll, they'll go to the seminar. I, let's default to the secret. A lot of people got the secret, right? Or even going back to the 90s with Shakri uh, Guan and uh, visualization, all that. It's all the same, right? And they get it, they read it, and they make a couple of changes, and boom, they get it. You know, they visualize the... You know, six months later, they're driving the Porsche, they buy a new house, they're, they're cooking. Other people just throw the book in frustration, go, this shit don't work. And even if they do the exact same process, why does it work for some, not the others, right? If the process is the process, it works or it doesn't work, right? 
Well, it, one way to think about it is if you have the crime of being, of, you know, the crime of existence, and you try something like the secret, and, or you do the processes, and it doesn't work, it'll, it'll reinforce that I don't deserve this. And that's ultimate self-sabotage. Works for everybody else, doesn't work for me. That's because I'm a loser, you know? And maybe actually, and let's be honest, a lot of parents said shit like that, you know? So there's all that. This is a deeper process. This doesn't happen as, I don't care what they say at the NLP conferences and the hypnosis conferences. There are some things that are slightly deeper processes, right? Um, and this could be one. And then you have the other self-sabotage, go with addictions, big one. Right, because you'll numb the pain with alcohol, drugs, sex, gambling, things like that. So it's a slightly deeper, more intense uh, system. Right? So stop self-sabotage. Coming soon. Stop self-sabotage. And it's a program to release deep trauma, especially the crime of being. The crime of existence, right? And then you can begin. It can let you let begin to love who you are, right? So that'll be coming soon. I'm not sure when. Probably after the first of the year, because if my NLP class kicks in, plus holidays are coming up, people are busy. Da 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 da. We shall we, we shall do that. So let me stop the recording.